I don't know who I'm writing this to or why. It's the end of the world after all, so everybody knows all I have to say anyway. But somehow, I feel that I have to tell this to someone. So, it began as slight jolts from under the ground. Nobody really paid attention to them, especially in seismically active regions. People thought these were just minor earthquakes. They talked about them in the news, but only few actually cared. My parents, I was only 12 back then, were among those who did, but let's save it for later. In just a year, the jolts became much stronger and more frequent. In some areas, they turned into full-fledged earthquakes, doing a lot of damage to cities and villages. Worse still, previously dormant volcanoes began waking up. All over the world, people started raising alarm. Scientists talked a lot about climate change and impact of humankind, but it was obvious nobody really had any definitive answers. It didn't get any better either. As months went by, earthquakes and volcano eruptions gradually grew in power and frequency. At first, only one major natural disaster per month was reported. But in two more years, there were at least four of them occurring within the same period in every corner of the world. Even the normally calm regions suffered from quakes and resulting tsunamis. People tried to adapt, but it was all unfolding too fast for us to react adequately. All we had left to do was to learn to be always ready to move out from our homes and run. We stopped building big and sturdy apartment buildings, opting for lightweight 3D printed houses. They were easily destroyed but easily built too, which was a huge advantage. Items of luxury were rapidly losing their value, while on the other hand, mobile electronics and survival tools grew in price. People began really appreciating what they had and each other. Neighbors were helping one another, and whole towns unified their efforts to build strong communities and prepare for the worst together. And the worst came sooner than we expected. One day, the whole planet was shaken in one titanic earthquake. We thought it was the end for us all, because the ground went on shaking for hours and didn't cease until the next day. And then came reports from the Atlantic coast. The ocean receded leaving vast swaths of naked sand and corals. Research teams on helicopters went to learn what caused this cataclysm and found the unthinkable. There was an enormous whirlpool in the middle of the Atlantic, hundreds of times bigger than the largest sinkhole in the world. The water from the ocean was gushing down the gigantic drain, as if someone pulled the plug on the bottom. In a sense, that was exactly what happened. Tectonic plates beneath the Atlantic came apart forming a huge gap in the bottom. Boiling magma poured out, but was extinguished by the overwhelming mass of water, which then rushed down into the abyss. It went away so quickly that the overall water level fell in a matter of hours. The event was dubbed the Great Atlantic Rift, but it was still only the beginning. With the rising frequency of earthquakes and eruptions, wind patterns around the world changed, resulting in massive hurricanes. It seemed the whole planet was against its inhabitants. But like I said earlier, my parents were the ones who cared, and they had to know the reason. They were geologists at the International Space Agency, which continued its work even through all the cataclysms. And it was them who came to the distressing conclusion. For some unknown reason, the Earth had started to grow in size. It would explain everything. 
the ever more frequent earthquakes were caused by tectonic plates come into motion. The flowing magma was pushed from the mantle up towards the crust and burst onto the surface in places suited exactly for that – volcanoes. And that meant there would be other events like the Great Atlantic Rift, only even more catastrophic. After another year, we moved to live in the agency, along with the families of other employees and research workers. The buildings were made to withstand almost anything, so we were protected from the horrors of the outside. We took in as many people as we could, but of course, it wasn't nearly enough. Millions more were left to their own devices, and we could only hope that everyone was safe. By that time, as scientists estimated, the planet had already grown one and a half times its original size, and by the looks of it, the rate at which it ballooned was growing. In another year of our bunkered life, we witnessed it grow twice again. Rifts even bigger than the one in the Atlantic popped up in different parts of the world, causing widespread chaos. Everyone went to live underground, where it was relatively safe. Communications between continents were all but lost, and all we learned about the situation above was from daring expeditions by scientists. The planet was ravaged by quakes, volcanic eruptions, tsunamis, and hurricanes happening almost daily now. Life on the surface was virtually impossible. It was then that the joint team of researchers and engineers suddenly came out with the solution they'd been working on for the last five years. They called it the Ark. It turned out several teams agreed to build huge spaceships to evacuate humankind, along with the surviving animal, fish, and insect species in case the Earth comes apart. And the time they'd feared finally came. Everyone in the agency's buildings, including me and my parents, were escorted to an enormous hall where one of the arcs was kept. All other people from the continent who managed to come were also there. We were given personal IDs and then allowed to board. Each person was allocated a separate capsule that was to keep us hibernating for the whole time of space travel. We were told we were the colonists, the pioneers in space settlement. We were going to Mars. And that's how I ended up here, where I'm writing all this. We successfully boarded the Ark and were put to sleep in our capsules. When I woke up, we were already landing. I won't bore you with the details of terraforming and settling in our new home. At first, we all wore special suits equipped with oxygen tanks. But soon enough, we built a dome with artificial atmosphere and started making the territory suitable for living, both for us and for the animals we brought. Since then, 10 years have passed already. We're feeling almost at home on the red planet, which isn't really red anymore. There are lush forests and big cities sprawling all around. Mars is inactive, so there are no earthquakes or hurricanes here. Life is pretty peaceful, although it's as busy as can be with all the work that still has to be done. But all this time, we've all been anxiously watching our home planet grow in size. At first, it was barely visible in the night sky. But as months passed, it became more and more apparent until one day it could be viewed in some detail with an unaided eye. Today, it's the size of the moon in our skies and visible even in the light of day. The sun is much smaller from here than it was seen from Earth. So basically, our home planet is now larger than its star. Through telescopes, we can see its surface covered in scars and fissures dozens of times bigger than the Grand Canyon. 
there are no more seas and oceans, and continents drifted far apart. The once green and blue and welcoming world is now a barren wasteland, boiling with fire and brimstone. The sun isn't helping it either. When the planet was small, the star bathed it in its light and warmth, giving it life and energy. Now, when Earth is a hundred times larger, the sun is scorching its surface and burning off the remnants of its atmosphere. But even that's not all. With the size, the gravity has grown too. Being so big and massive, Earth has collided with the Moon, virtually eating it up. Venus, which was similar to the previous Earth, started to be tugged toward the suddenly grown planet and was soon to run into it as well. And Earth itself is slowly gravitating toward the Sun. Scientists say that one day, it would first consume both Venus and Mercury and then get burned completely in the Sun's heat. Wow. All I can hope now is to never see it with my own eyes.